0: This is Cover Two, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit.
1: Browns are going to win. Bayfield,
0: Epson, touchdown. With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorschach from the Canton Repository. It's
1: intercepted. Pick off by Denzel Ward. Chubb will take this all the way.
0: Browns
1: fans. Now, cover two, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hey everybody, Dan here. Hey, we actually recorded our podcast at, oh, probably about 1.30 on Thursday. So, it, it was like two or three hours before Troy Hill signed with the Browns. So, instead of going into the podcast and trying to cut all that stuff out, uh, I left it in, but I wanted to uh, just add this little forward to the podcast for this week. So we, we talk a lot this week about free agency, what the Browns have done, what they can still do, what they should still do, and part of that was a big talk about slot cornerbacks. So I don't know. I think Nate and I were onto something, obviously, if we're talking about Uh, why the Browns should sign Troy Hill, but they might not be done at cornerback. So, check out this week's podcast, let us know what you think, and thanks as always for listening. Hey there everybody, welcome back to Cover 2, this is Dan Kadar, joined as always by Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich. Nate, how are you doing this week? Good, Dan, how are you? Very good. So Nate, in terms of your 52-week, 12-month, 24 hours a day, seven days a week coverage of the NFL, where does the week of free agency rank in terms of busyness compared to the rest of the year? Is this the most hectic week for you?
0: It's one of them. I mean, in, you know, a normal year, uh, you know, pre-pandemic the combine is probably the busiest week um, draft is always really busy um, I'd say free agencies after those two though uh, so yeah I mean it's been busy the Browns have been pretty active they got 16 uh, guys who became unrestricted free agents this week um, three guys were eligible for restricted free agency so I mean that's a <laughs> 19 guys right there and then obviously they're bringing in guys from other teams so there's been plenty to write about and it's there's no rhyme or reason to when things happen you know I mean last night there was a couple of moves very relevant to the Browns that were late at night you know Rashard Higgins agreeing to resign and Larry Ogunjobi agreeing to joined the Bengals. Those were both late night uh, news items. So, yeah, it's kind of around the clock, you know, at least for the first week of free agency.
1: Yeah, it uh, it's a lot of moving parts, you know, like the, in addition to the, the players that that you know who the Browns have either coming in, going, they're signing, all that, then there's stuff like you know, the, there's rumors that you have to kind of keep an eye on. There's, or the Browns in play for Denzel Perryman or or whomever, you know. So it, it's a it's a very hectic week. So thanks for taking some time to record a podcast this week. And on this week's show, of course, we're going to talk about what the Browns have done in free agency, and that starts with their their big deal. They signed John Johnson, a very good safety on a multi-year deal. So we will get to that. But I think the question on everybody's mind right now, as we record this, do the Browns have another big move in them? Or is John Johnson the, the only really big, huge deal that they're going to be doing this off season? You know, after last year they, they did Jack Conklin at right tackle. They brought in Austin Hooper at tight end so there were two big, big, huge deals last year. This year, it's just Johnson so far. Should should Browns fans expect another big one, do you think? Or do you think it's going to be more of these smaller type of deals?
0: Yeah, I think John Johnson the third is going to be the biggest signing for them in this free agency and, you know, never rule out them making, uh, you know, a, a, a move that that might qualify as a splash. You know, Andrew Berry said he will be active in the trade market, um, you know, just as a general philosophy. Uh, so you can't rule out him having something up his sleeve. I think that really in terms of the free agents, you're you're probably not gonna see somebody else getting like eleven million dollars a year. The the biggest money is probably going to be John Johnson the third. But you know they really they have plenty of holes still on defense. They need at least two cornerbacks by my math, and you know mm-hmm. they they continually need help at linebacker. Um, they can't be done at defensive end, and we can get to that later. So I, I just think that they're still going to be signing a number of guys and. You know, maybe you're looking at, uh, you know, some of these shorter term contracts, you're seeing a lot of the one year deals, I think, with the cap being down because of, of the revenue shortfalls as a result of COVID, you're seeing guys throughout the league bet on themselves with these one year contracts, and no, with the thought, and I'm sure their agents talking to them about it, salary cap's going to go back up next year. TV deals and all that, it's going to go up more than it even had been. That's what's anticipated, at least. And and so you can cash in next year as a player if you hit the open market again. And we know Andrew Berry from last year likes signing guys to these one-year deals. Um, he filled the defense with them last year. Part of the reason why there's so many unrestricted free agents uh, who belong to the Browns. Uh, that You know, I mentioned the number 16 earlier. So... I think they're, they're definitely going to keep adding to the defense, Dan. There might be some names we recognize, or um, the you know kind of the average fan considers a you know a pretty um, recognizable name. But yeah, I think John Johnson third is going to be the biggest splash in terms of just you know the investment that the Browns are making in free agency this year.
1: I tend to agree, and. You know, if you look at the early, you know, return of what they still have on the salary cap, according to over the cap, the Browns have about fifteen million dollars left over still. So, they have to allocate some of that money for their draft picks. Um, I don't know at the top of my head how much that would be, but say it's a quarter of that even, or four million dollars. You're left with roughly eleven or ten million. million. Uh, remaining or so, so then it, it just becomes a, a a roster size thing compared to how much you can pay guys. You know, I w- I would love to say the Browns are going to go out there and sign cornerback Adoree Jackson, uh, who is a very good player. Obviously, fits a huge need for the Browns because you're right, they do need two cornerbacks, but he's 25 years old. He's really, really good. He's not going to sign for a cheap deal, even if it's just one year. So I, I think you're right that, that Johnson's going to be the biggest signing they have. And I, I think, you know, relatively speaking, he's going to be the only big signing they have. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the, there are some interesting names out there uh, that, that kind of fit the middle class Area, if you will, but let me let me ask you this, Nate. I, I did want to talk more about cornerbacks, but I can't stop thinking about linebacker now. Do, do you think the preference for the Browns is to sign a free agent linebacker instead of uh drafting one? Because that's that's kind of feeling I have based on they they have Anthony Walker in the building today. Um, and he's a B.J. Goodson kind of replacement, same mm-hmm. kind of player. There, there, were, there were the rumors about Paraman who is, who is the same kind of player uh, in that sense too. So do you think the preference for the Browns is to bring in a veteran linebacker as opposed to using their first or second round pick on the linebacker and, and hoping it works out with a rookie in the middle of the defense?
0: Yeah, I mean I I wrote this ahead of time. I've said it uh on this podcast and I'll believe that they're gonna spend big money on a linebacker when they do. Like they just continue to show us that <laughs> that's not what they're into. And right you know, I, I'm not gonna rule out Zavin Collins if he's there at twenty six overall. You know, I mean there's a chance that they they do kind of break the rule for somebody that they fall in love with in, in the first round in the draft, but yeah, the the investment in linebacker hasn't been there yet. I mean I know you mentioned Perriman, Um, you know, um, he agreed to terms with the Panthers. You know, they had been linked to some other guys who would have been a little more expensive. And, you know, and, and those guys went elsewhere. Um, you know, Levante David stayed uh, in Tampa. So I just think that they're all about, um, you know, edge rushers and, and cornerbacks and versatile safeties and linebacker is is last on the list along with interior defensive line you know i mean mm-hmm. i don't think it's any coincidence that joe Schobert and larry joe were pretty good players for the browns and were allowed to walk two years in a row in free agency by andrew barry i think that just sure. is exactly um you know the the prime example of 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 the priorities they place on these positions. So I, I see a guy like, uh, like Anthony Walker, just making a lot of sense because, you know, the Colts have a ton of cash space yet. They're obviously letting him look around and probably leave Um, the Browns re or are going to resign? Malcolm Smith the former Super Bowl MVP uh we talked about him and B.J. Goodson before Dan thinking that if either one of them came back Smith probably had the edge just because he he did prove valuable in coverage last year he was the best coverage linebacker and they are bringing mm-hmm. him back on another one-year deal and as we record this the Browns actually just announced uh that agreement um it had been reported yesterday. You know, we, we've had that up on our website for a while, but the Browns actually made it formal. And he he's going to speak the the Browns beat writers later today. I just found out. So Malcolm Smith coming back. You know, B.J. Goodson still in play, um, but Anthony Walker coming in tells me they're probably not bringing Goodson back. And you know who knows um, if they're going to sign Walker, but he's visiting, so it's 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 pretty serious and um you know he might actually um end up making a deal with them here uh by the time we get this podcast out who knows we're recording on early thursday afternoon so i I think that they are uh probably just going to kind of patch up linebacker uh like they did last year with some cheaper deals and but i kind of want to say both to your question like free agency and draft. I just don't think that the draft pick, you know, barring them falling in love with like a Zayvon Collins. I, I just don't think that draft pick is early. Maybe it's a mid round pick kind of like how they did last year with, with Jacob Phillips. And frankly, that's a big piece of this conversation. I think that they project Jacob Phillips to be, uh, a much more significant contributor in his second year. You know, he dealt with a couple knee injuries last year, but when he got out there, I think they were pretty pleased with him in the small sample size. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, they didn't jump at re-signing B.J. Goodson. They, they kind of think Jacob Phillips is going to fill that role. You bring in a guy like Anthony Walker's insurance, uh, you know, and a guy who could probably play a decent amount for him, too. And and then Malcolm Smith back. See how many I think they were encouraged by him last year. You know, Mac Wilson's going to be fine for a job. So, I you know, I, I think they probably add in the draft. Uh, but not... Uh, a strong likelihood that it, it's in
1: a, you know first two rounds. Yeah, all right. that makes sense. Now, I, I'm just like everybody else on, on the outside of things, where I'm constantly looking at you know the best remaining free agents available, or uh, you know that that kind of thing, or who who would fit where. And boy, Nate, I got to tell you. Looking through all these different lists, no matter what website it is, I have pro football focus up right now. Um, there's a lot of slot cornerbacks out there, man. Like, yeah. just just naming a couple. Desmond King, who was on the Titans last year after being on the Chargers for a while. Troy Hill's out there. Brian Poole of the Jets, who's, who's a really good slot corner, is out there. And then the guy I would actually love to see back in Cleveland, K1 Williams. I, I think, you know, when, when you need to load up the position a little bit, because I, I, I just don't know how much you rely on Greedy Williams, that that kind of thing. But K1 Williams, man, he's, he's a heck of a player. You kind of know exactly what you're going to get. He's not a superstar, but... He's a good slot player. Nate is, is there such a glut of slot cornerbacks that the Browns could find a nice deal out there to fill this big hole that they have?
0: Yeah. I mean, we haven't mentioned Kevin Johnson is one of those 16 unrestricted free agents. Uh, Right. You know, I think they'd like to upgrade that position. He had a weird injury in training camp, didn't have the season. I think he would like the weird injury being a lacerated liver. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you, Dan. Like, that's the focus to me. It's like um, Desmond King is, uh, you know, Mike Hilton uh, off the market, but he was another one. Um, you know, Brian Poole from the Jets. Um, you know, there, there's uh, there's some names there that, you know, I think would be a, a, an upgrade at a really key position. So, Yeah, I look at that as as definitely a priority. And when I say they need at least two corners, that's part of the math. I mean, you don't only need an outside corner because, hey, Terrence Mitchell, he's going to the Texans. You definitely need a slot. So, you know, is Troy Hill still on the market? I I mean, things fly so fast that Um, I'm not sure right off the top of my head, but he's another name uh, for a slot guy. So, yeah, it's yeah, still I mean, out there. Yeah, I mean that's like he was twenty seventh out of one hundred twenty one corners in Pro Football Focus uh, grades. Um, they already brought John Johnson the third from the Rams, obviously. And that's right. the thing. Like, I do think that if John Johnson the uh, third, Ronnie Harrison, and Grant Delpit are healthy, and Delpit's the the big question mark out of the three because he's coming off a, to- a ruptured Achilles. If if those guys are healthy, like that's the plan. Joe Woods wants to play those three guys. He wants to play three safeties. Uh, use one of them, uh, you know, is is the big nickel. Um, so I, I I think that nickelback is not quite as important as it was last season if you have those three safeties healthy. Um, you're going to want to play those three guys in a lot of nickel and dime packages of your Joe Woods. And I think that that is something to factor in here. Maybe they don't you know, want to spend a lot of money, but I still think you need a slot corner. Um, it, it might not be uh, as big a priority, but still, I mean, I think Grant Delpit is such a mystery. Like the Browns are bullish on his recovery, his rehab. But you got to see it, right? I mean, that's a that's a major injury to come back from. And yes, he's young, and so that's encouraging. And yes, it happened on August 24th in training camp, so you know it's not like a, a Olivier Vernon where you don't know if he's going to play this upcoming season because it happened. but well, his injury happened I think January 3rd, right, in the regular season finale against the Steelers. So that that's a whole different ball game uh, with his ruptured Achilles, but. Um, My point is, Grant Delpit, you just don't know. I think it's a big reason why John Johnson the uh is here now. And so I think that you, you definitely still need that, that guy who can cover the slot, even if you think, you know, with those three safeties, you're probably going to, you know, roll that way in a lot of uh, your nickel and dime. So it's a big need. It's just not. On paper, if those safeties are healthy like they want them to be, it's, I, I don't think it necessarily is the gigantic
1: need um, that it would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's its a big need. It's not a big name need. And I got to tell you, Nate, when we started this part of the conversation, um, the, the guy I wanted was Kwan Williams, and I still do. But now I think I want Troy Hill. Hell, give me both. <laughs> uh, Curry Hill's from he's from Youngstown. I like the Rams' connection with Johnson, and he has a giant Scrooge McDuck tattoo on his arm. So, what I, I see no negatives there, quite frankly. Um, yeah,
0: yeah K-1, so. K1 was really good. Sorry to interrupt. K1, no, K-1 no. was really good for the Browns, but he had an ugly breakup with them. Uh, and, uh you know that was when Sashi Brown was in charge. Um, so I've seen him link to the Browns. I just don't know if any of those feelings would preclude him from from coming here. I, you know, it was a dispute over an injury and it got ugly. Uh,
1: oh. And Andrew, yeah. Barry,
0: Andrew Barry was here at the time, and I just don't know behind the scenes if Kwan would would kind of hold anything against Andrew Barry. Uh, I don't know. Then our workings there, maybe those guys have a great relationship. I just don't know, but there is history there and, uh, it does make me wonder
1: that that is a heck of a point, Nate. And that, that's why you're the beat writer. And that's why I'm the, the fan because in my brain, Oh man, K1 Williams is a plug and play. He's, he's a, he's a good player. They know what they're going to get. And you know, that, that's how stuff runs wild online. So I'm glad to have you pump the brakes on that one for me. But there there are a lot of slot corners out there. I will be pretty disappointed if the Browns don't get one. Now, conversely, I don't know what to make of pass rusher, Nate. The, I don't know how much the Browns were in on some of the big name Edge rushers in free agency, you know, guys like Carl Lawson, who went to the Jets, uh, Trey Hendrickson, who went to Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. So Bengals are so weird. But anyway, um, I, I don't know how much the Browns were in on on the big name pass rushers. I just don't know how I feel about Tack McKinley. Uh, being the guy to go after. To me, Nate, he fills the the Adrian Claiborne role of, yeah, he can play some, just don't expect a ton of, of big plays out of him. And he's a former first-round pick. He's still pretty young. Had a messy breakup with the Falcons. Hasn't produced. He's a name more than a than a proven commodity to me nate so what what is your take on the state of what the browns are doing with a pass rush spot opposite miles garrett
0: well i think that that's kind of the the thing that the browns fans were really looking forward to is the browns adding um you know a big name edge rusher to pair with miles garrett because Frankly, uh, you know, Olivier Vernon was a big name who came when he came in here and, and injuries interfered, but ultimately last year he produced the second half of the season the way everybody thought he would and wanted him to when mm-hmm. John Dorsey traded for him and ended up with nine sacks, held a fourth down, and Miles missed a couple games with COVID. So I think Browns fans uh, wanted to keep that going, and then they saw these big-name edge rushers fly off the free agency shelves in the first you know, two days of the negotiating period, really. And the Browns didn't get any of them. So I think that was a disappointment to a lot of people. And certainly I thought that that was what the Browns were going to prioritize. Um, I thought free safety was going to be right, right there. Um, so I wasn't surprised by the John Johnson III signing, but I was a bit surprised that that was the first major strike Andrew Barry made as opposed to an edge rusher. I thought it might be the other way around, but Trey Hendrickson, Carl Austin, Bud Dupree, Yannick Nagakwe, Matt Judon, Romeo Quara, Shaq Baird, all guys who came off, who basically, you know, um, agreed to terms with uh, their original teams to resign or, or agreed to terms elsewhere. And, you know, I know Jocena Anderson, it's listed the Browns as one of the teams uh, in on Trey Hendrickson. And, you know, I I think for sure that they were exploring some of these guys and including him. I don't know how, you know, serious it got or anything, but I, I do think that they just had a philosophy heading in that they have twenty five million dollars a year allocated to that position right off the bat with miles garrett one of the best in the league and that they just weren't going to go to a certain point to get one of these big names and i think it just got a little too pricey for them and they they went with a guy in tech mckinley who you know they they had a lot of belief in his talent clearly i mean they tried they talked to the falcons last year about trading for him when that was getting real sideways his relationship with the falcons and then he ends up tweeting his way off the team. He fails two physicals, um, but he's Oof. on the waiver wire. I mean, the, he, the Browns put in three waiver claims for him last year, and they lost every time because they were behind the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Raiders on the waiver wire. He kept mm-hmm. becoming free because he failed two physicals uh, with the groin injury. He only played four games last year. So Andrew Barry took – He explored a trade last year and then took three swings on the waiver wire. So you could say he pursued him four times last year. So clearly this is a guy that he has on his mind, kept on his mind. And, um, you know, they think that that he can resurrect his career here. But I'm with you, Dan. This can't be it. I mean, this just, it's not enough. Um, You know, Tack McKinley, you know, 25 years old. But a long injury histories at three shoulder surgeries and it, and then of course the groin that we talked about uh, where I just mentioned that cost him most of last season and, and resulted in a couple of failed physicals. So yeah, I don't know. I think that they have to uh, keep adding to the position and you know it might be we'll see how it shakes out here with the free agency because if they add a couple corners. That they had another outside corner and a slot corner and f- free agents, um, and then they're sitting there and they and they still really don't have that defensive end to to pair McKinley. I think we go in. We there's a scenario where we go into that draft and it's just so obvious that that's what they're going to do. Just kind of like how it was last year when we knew they were taking a tackle. We didn't know exactly. We didn't know exactly which one. We knew there were the four highly touted first round tackles. And we knew they were going to take one of them at 10th overall, and obviously it ended up being Jedrick Wills, and that ended up being a, a good pick. He had a, a pretty good rookie season. I think it could be like that, Dan. I mean, I think it's more likely that they're really kind of done at defensive end uh, in free agency uh, and that they address that at, at 26 overall than it is they're going to go and sign – you know, Jadavian Clowney or, you know, whoever else, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlop's out there. Alden Smith. Right. I mean, there's Melvin some Ingram. You know, yeah. Mel, yeah. I mean, reddick has gone now. Reddick's another guy who uh, who's right. not no longer on the market. But there's still some guys. There's still some pretty big name guys. But, you know, some of those guys are still going to be costly. And I think it's just more likely that that we're gonna see them pair a, a a first round uh if not first round then a second round pick uh at defensive end with McKinley and have them compete uh for playing time opposite miles and of course you know both of them would end up playing a lot because of the rotating they do on the defensive line so I kind of think that's the way it's it's looking and you know I mean can it work sure I mean it can work you you i <laughs> I continue to say you need to pick the right defensive end. Um, I said that, and then I kind of backed off it because I thought they were going to get this done in, in, in a bigger way in free agency, and now that they have it, I'm back to you need to pick the right defensive end.
1: And that is a lot tougher this year than it was taking an offensive tackle last year just based on you're in the back of the first round. Yeah. They're... It's a tough position to draft. It's an attractive position to draft. Um, there, there are teams in front of the Browns who could be looking for a pass rusher. There there, there aren't four or five big players at the position like there were at offensive tackle last year. I mean, Nate, if the Browns took Makai Becton instead of Judrick Wills, that would have been just as well. So it's... This could be this could be a little tricky for the Browns, but that, that's the situation that they're in. I, I think we'll see. I mean, maybe if things really, really quiet down with pass rusher and free agency, and they could just because there was such a flurry on the first day or two of free agency, maybe one of those guys we just mentioned, their, their cost comes down and you get them on a one-year deal. But who who knows? We'll see. Um, Nate, anything else? Brown's free agency you want to cover before we before we pack it up?
0: Well, just that, you know, we're kind of like dancing around it. But I, just to say it, um, you know, why didn't they go the extra mile to get one of those, you know, eight or big name defensive ends who went off the market or whatever before they uh, agreed to terms with Tack McKinley? I think it just goes back to they had they had numbers in mind of what they want to allocate and and they have these long-term roster building roster strategy um you know issues in their mind and it comes down to I, I think they're going to be extending people here this off season. I think that they're there's four guys that we need to talk about that we do and the the, the two that are going to be unrestricted free agents a year from now, unless they get extended or franchised. Nick Chubb, the two-time Pro Bowl running back, and of course, uh, right guard Wyatt Teller. And then, obviously, quarterback Baker Mayfield, cornerback Denzel Ward. Those guys... Browns have a little bit more time with technically because they're going to exercise the fifth-year options on those two guys because those guys are are first round picks so that that uh, decision's due on May 3rd and and it's going to be a formality it's going to happen Andrew Berry will exercise the fifth-year options so I think that's all part of it I just we got to keep that in mind I know it's something that we've talked about a million times and everybody tweets about it we write about it but when you think about the the uh the big picture could they have gone out and you know signed one of these defensive ends signed john johnson the third you know paid their draft picks and then still done extensions because you can construct uh these contracts in a way or they don't eat up salary cap space you know like john johnson i think you know, he makes like $11 million a year, but it's only like a $5.5 million cap hit according to the, the uh, contract tracking websites um, for 2021. So, you know what I mean? I, obviously, teams figure out a way to, to, to you know, work the salary cap. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just look at the Saints with the, the, the crazy cap situation right. that, that they're managing. Um Or mismanaging, however you want to look at it, figure out a way to do it, you know. So uh, so I'm saying it's possible that they could have signed one of these big big name defensive ends, but I think Andrew Barry's also trying to to stick to his strategy and be disciplined. And so I think that, you know, at least is worth keeping in mind when you're trying to figure out why they didn't make that big splash. Um, that I think we were pretty much all expecting them to do at defensive end because, you know, they, they do have, uh, you know, this stuff in mind. I think if I had to bet Nick Chubb is more likely to be extended uh, this offseason than Wyatt Teller. I just don't think Wyatt Teller is going to be extended this off season. Maybe it happens during the season. Um, they get a little bit more. Uh, to look at with him, you know, he did miss some time with injuries. Uh, he's a monster in the run game. You know, he'll be the first to admit wants to get better as as a pass blocker, which is obviously a huge part of the game. And you know, overall, I think a guy you'd want to keep. But you know, I I just think that with everything Nick Chubb means to the franchise and how proven he is, and um, yeah, he did get hurt, but look how he bounced back uh from that uh spring mcl. I, I I think that Nick Chubb is more likely those two and I think Baker Mayfield. I still think Baker Mayfield is on the is probably on the Miles Garrett um uh, timeline in Andrew Berry's mind where he does the fifth year option and then in the summertime, you know, he, he tries to get that extension done. Benzo Ward, um, you know, maybe same thing, but I could see them staggering those two. And, uh, you know, waiting until next offseason with Denzel, I just think that of the two of them, Mayfield's more likely. So, in the big picture, I think some extensions get done here. And when we're talking about the money that's, that, that's dedicated to free agency, I just want to remind everybody that we got to keep mm-hmm. some of that, uh, you know, in the back of our minds.
1: Yeah, and that that's a good way of, of capping off our, our talk on free agency because uh, that that's right on the money those those four players i don't want to say they hang over the browns but the the issue of what to do with them does and the timing of it the salary cap room you know at some point you have to consider the cash on hand aspect of it you know when you guarantee a player's part of a player's contract you have to have that amount of money in escrow uh, to pay a player. I, I know Jimmy Haslam is very rich, but that, look, it's a business. That, that's part of it. So uh, we'll, we'll continue looking to see what the Browns do. Chances are they're not done in free agency. Chances are they are done with big, huge names. And now we're, we're kind of in a, let's see what happens next with those four players Nate just mentioned. So, that, that is going to do it for cover two this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out everything we have over at BeaconJournal.com sports slash Browns. Nate has covered literally every piece of news that has happened. That includes players leaving the Browns. So you can find all that stuff over on our website. Make sure you're following Nate on Twitter. He's at by Nate Ulrich. That's going to do it for our podcast this week. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time.